This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. And today we're talking about a new initiative that is recreating the experience of being an athlete with teammates, coaches, and training to reach a peak performance. But instead of on the field, we're talking about in the boardroom, business, the post, the networking club for former athletes looking to recapture that camaraderie and teamwork from their playing days in business. The Post was co-founded, a very familiar name and face to NFL fans, former NFL quarterback Christian Ponder and Jason LaRose, the former president of North America at Under Armour. Both are here to talk about The Post. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate yeah, it. to be here. Christian Ponder is the CEO of The Post, and now you can't buy your way into this club. It's a special networking club. Applicants must both be either a former NCAA athlete or having five plus years experience of professional athleticism and experience. But Christian, then there's the vetting process that begins after that, right? Yeah. So, so everyone, regardless of, of business background, you had to be at least a college athlete. So you had to at least play at the NCAA level. We don't care about division one, two or three, but we wear, we, you know, we weigh someone's athletic experiences or merits with their business experiences and, and merits. And so you know, if you were an eight-year pro in sports, we think that brings a unique influence and perspective and experience and expertise to the table that that provides value to uh, to the network. And we'd love for those people to be a part of it. And then for those who maybe finish their their sports career at the college level a little bit earlier than those who, who spent some time professionally, you know, they're a little farther in their business career. And so we we care about the business experiences and expertise that that bring to the they bring to the table. And it creates this great mix. Of, uh, of people learning from each other and pushing each other, just like we had sports. We had teammates that you know, were alongside of us, helping us to, to get better. And it's, you brought it up earlier, Doug, it's the same idea here. Now it's not necessarily this, you know, about a ball on the field, but it's still highly competitive space in, in business. Christian, why did you feel the post was necessary? I found it a necessity of my own experience as an athlete. My, you know, my last year in the NFL was 2016. I, I moved to New York City in the fall of 2017 to start the business chapter of my life, which I was very excited for. And um, just realized that first three and a half, four years after football, I was dealing, dealing with this, this deep discontent around the idea that I've been an athlete my whole life. It's a huge part of my identity and, and my story and how I operate in this world. And it didn't make sense to me that I was suddenly reduced to a past version of myself or at least that's what it felt like and but even more important than that what I realized is the athlete community is the community that I belong to it's my tribe it's my people and for the first time in my life I was formally removed from that group even though I've been an athlete since I was a child in teams on teams and in locker rooms and I desperately missed being a part of of that community not only because it's the people I get along with best and enjoy being around the most but also the intangibles that athletes possess the work ethic the grittiness the competitiveness the drive the the self-accountability, the perseverance. When you're in a room where everyone's defined by those characteristics, it just makes you better. And now being removed from that room, I desperately, desperately missed it and couldn't find anything that filled that void for me or came close to replicating what I experienced in sport being surrounded by athletes. And so out of selfish ambition, ambition of being around athletes again, we decided to go build it. And what was an idea three years ago took you know, multiple years of work to figure out, okay, we have this idea what has actually become, you know, in reality, what does it become? And that's where Jason came into play and has been a tremendous partner behind the scenes of helping us bring this to life. And, you know, now we launched in, in April, it's professional network side of things, create our own clubhouse here in New York City that opened three weeks ago. And um, it's been super fun to see how quick it's come together, but we're, we're really just getting started. 
you can tell he's a former quarterback, right? You see the intensity. <laughs> you can go right inside, whether it be Florida State, you can go inside that huddle, whether it be the Vikings or any of the other NFL clubs that he was associated with. He just takes over the room, right? He takes over the room because he's got that confidence and he's got that leadership ability. Jason, you also have leadership abilities too, especially when it comes to digital media and marketing and things like that. You are a perfect partner for the post, aren't you? Yeah, well, I mean, I hope so. Uh, Christian, and I, I'm a little bit like, uh, you know, his his substantially older brother. He reminds me uh, all the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, we're, we're in many ways, we're the the ends of the spectrum when it comes to the members that we have at the post. Um, for me, the athletic career as a, you know, a, a failed walk on baseball player, not so great. Uh, but, uh, you know, but fortunate to have have worked in some great places like Under Armour and Equinox Media and, and otherwise and, and have some some head start on some of those things. And Christian on the other side competed at, you know, what you could argue is the the hardest job in sports being a starting quarterback in the national football league. There aren't, there are only 32 of them and, and it's a pretty hard gig. Right. So, um, you know, for us, we're on, on opposite ends of the spectrum, but it's just been, it's been a love affair for us. I mean, I was at Under Armour for seven years and it was a place built by hiring athletes and what that meant from a culture perspective and a competitiveness was was incredible. Um, you know, while my career ended, my brother played the National Hockey League for eight years and professionally for 13. And I watched his transition out and trying to find his community. And so this this has just been something that's really resonated with me. And it's been a, a real passion project for Christian and I to bring it together. True sports family you come from, Jason. And uh, don't feel so bad. I also, I was cut two days before the season started as a walk-on at Penn State. I have a feeling they kept me on because I was a catcher, right? You catch those, <laughs> you catch those 95 mile per hour fastballs in the winter uh, ball and you make the squad. You think you're going to make the team. And then coach Shorty Stoner said to Doug, you're as equal ability as the guy on scholarship. That means you go, he stays. Uh, so brutal. we know, we know how that, uh, that can work out. But Jason, right. Jason, tell us a little bit more about your role now with the post, with all your background here. As you work with Christian, what do you want to accomplish here with not only people on the business side, but giving former athletes an opportunity to really hone their skills in this area? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I left Equinox Media in 2021 to start this with Christian. And so we've been been at this for, uh, you know, a little more than two years. And I think his original vision started close to three years ago. So it's it's been it's been a love affair. But it's really not so much about the business. It's just really about the athletes, Doug. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about serving our community and, and trying to crowdsource the kinds of things that, that they need. So athletes in our community have said, I want access to an executive coach. So we make that partnership available and they can do some leadership assessments. We have people who just want to connect with peer groups of folks who are tackling some of the same problems might be at the same level in their career. We have speaker series and content. Christian hosts his own podcast called Built by Sport to try to bring some of that together. But we we host events and we've got our clubhouse in New York and we do all these things really to just try to be the grease. You know, what people will tell athletes no matter what, and you know, whether we're in college or, or professionally or otherwise, is you should network more, but nobody really tells you how to do it. And so our job is to try to give athletes a turnkey solution that you join the post, you participate in the things that you want to, but when you come out the other side, you have a locker room, a, a team of people who are really dedicated to, helping you be great in life after sport, who value the things that you learned on the field or in the pool or wherever that might have been. And uh, and we've been lucky to build it. So that's been the dream. I think over time, Doug, it just becomes a bigger network. And as more people are in it, it's more valuable to its members. We'll have more clubhouses. We'll have more partners who are providing services to support this community. But 
um, over time, it's really just the same race that, uh, you know, that we're running to just support an awesome community of people. Christian, you mentioned just opening in uh, New York City. Can you give us an example of somebody who has become a part of the club that, you know, that has already changed their outlook? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's already been numerous stories. So we, you know, we launched really in April, which was our national membership all across the country. We're not exclusive to, to New York City, but open this first physical space. And you know, we already have people, I think there's a lot of athletes who have an entrepreneurial bug, people who but have been in corporate roles for a long time who now say, hey, I think I've potentially found my co-founder to go start my own thing through a member of the post. We've had people who have dealt with, you know, one specific case of a, of a PR nightmare of sorts that um, got connected with another member who who helped them uh, create, you know, had some PR help, create a better story that was in a, you know, another article that was counteracting this, this negative hit piece. And, um, you know, people who there was, you know, two VC funds that ended up co-leading a deal together because their managing directors were members of the post and met through the post. And so there's already, I mean, in such a short amount of time, you know, real tangible examples of value and, you know, through the experience of, of post members coming together. And, you know, beyond just that, I mean, so many people, already just telling us how much fun and energized they feel that they haven't felt this way since they've been a part of a locker room in college, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And I think what's really been cool is, you know, our youngest members, 23, we don't have a lot of members in their twenties, but our oldest members, 72 years old. And like, you know, our whole idea is like once an athlete, always an athlete, it always becomes so deeply ingrained into who you are and how you operate. It never leaves you. And so for someone who's in their seventies, who was a two sport athlete in college, still wanting to be a part of this community and missing it. And you talk to so many athletes about what they miss most about playing. Um, and even regardless of gender, 98% of the time, it's some version of I miss the locker room or I miss the team, which is just another word for community for us to just build the infrastructure for that community to come together again. Even just that there's so much tangible value for all these athletes to re you know, experience some of the things that I had experienced when they were in sport on teams and in locker rooms. I would also imagine that because of the pandemic, we've been so isolated for a couple of years now. Everybody is yeah. dying to get out and meet each other and talk. And as you mentioned, a lot of people just miss that connection. So this yeah. comes at the at the right time for for those athletes. Does it say anything about how when athletes are at the top of their field, well, everybody loves them, but when their careers may be over, there's nothing that there's the the support networks aren't there, and, and even when sure. you're going through college, maybe there aren't classes to, to help you with that either, right? Yeah, that, that's right. And I think, you know, really, again, it starts from a communal standpoint. I think, you know, athletes are so plugged into this idea of a team and suddenly, you know, they, they deal with this identity crisis where that athlete identity see, feels like it's all behind you. But not only that is now I'm kind of doing this all on my own around new types of people, with new experiences. And um, and there's, I think there's also the societal misconception that athletes are a bunch of dumb jocks and it's so far from the truth. There's actually so much compelling data around the fact that there's this, you know, athletes have a lot of strengths when it comes to business. And there's actually a lot of data around this outperformance that athletes possess in their performance in the, in the office space. And it's because of the qualities that they learn through sports. Some of the things that I named before the, the work ethic, the grittiness, the competitiveness, the ambition, the accountability. It lends itself to really high-performing metrics when it comes to performance at work. And, and so for us, this idea, I think, will eventually help, you know, a lot of these athletes who are in transitioning and, and struggling. But I think the solve is that we're giving them this, 
this veteran locker room of sorts to be a part of, right? There, we're, we're, like Jason said, this turnkey solution to being a part of a network and a community and a locker room of people who are veterans in the sense that they have made that transition a while ago and know what it takes to compete at a high level in business because they've been tapping into those characteristics that they learned through sport. And now as a 21-year-old athlete who just left my college baseball career behind, I can go learn from these people. I can build relationships with these people who I have a tremendous amount in common with because of our shared experiences as athletes. And, and, uh, and they also understand the value that I'm bringing to, uh, to the table from, from my athletic background. And, and so I think, you know, for us, it's really just, it's creating that space that's allowing athletes to continue to be exactly who they are for the rest of their life and to lean into that identity because, you know, it's a massive asset and it's not the liability that I think a lot of us feel when sports is over. Speaking of building relationships, Jason, as, as somebody who has a brother that, that played a long career in the National Hockey League, what kind of conversations have you had about the post with him? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that he he retired in 2014. So, um, you know, that same transition that Christian's talked about is, is one that, you know, we we talked about a lot. And there were a couple of years, I think, in there where he really struggled in, with, with some of those things, th- same things that Christian talked about. You know, it's different when you transition out at the college level, right, Doug? Like, you got to go get a job. So, you know, you just sort of like go do it. But when you get done in your 30s, um, you know, it's a it's a different different thing. And I think finding the identity is is really important for my brother. You know, he's continuing to co- coach really successfully back in Detroit, where we're from. Um, and, and he's really enjoying that. But he he still misses that group. The one thing he has going for him that we don't hear all the time from our members is, his identity as an athlete is still a really important part of how people value him as a coach. They look back and see a, a guy who played, who won a Stanley Cup, who played a long time, and they think, I want my kid to be coached by by this guy. In our world, we're talking to a lot of people who go to work and don't tell people they were athletes. They don't tell them either because people think they're bragging or because people think they're dumb. And so they don't want somebody to think that that's how you got into Penn State or that's how you got into Yale or whatever. And so they shut it down and they don't have a place to to necessarily always lean into those things that are so, so ingrained in them. And so uh, the post has been a great place for that. And we've heard a lot of those conversations with our members that are a little different than my brother who transitioned into a world that's still very sport. It's interesting that both of you have brought up, you know, many people have this idea of what athletes are about and, and their intellect. Uh, I talk to my sports broadcasting students all the time. It's the questions that the athletes get from the reporters sometimes that lend themselves to not great answers because you're not asking the good questions as a reporter should like, well, how do you feel? You just lost. Well, how do you think I feel, you know, or, you know, you, 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 you were supposed to make the playoffs. You didn't. What's that? You know, how do you feel about it? these questions don't really lend themselves to a lot of thought, but fortunately, because Christian has his own podcast, we get to hear the real thoughts that are going through athletes' minds now and 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 not just football, off the field, you know, and, and other things that are going on, family life. And it's such a big transition. But people need to know that, you know, just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you can't contribute. And as, you know, as Christian pointed out really nicely, all those leadership skills that you get, you know, really translate when it comes to the business and many other aspects of life for for you jason when you think about the post what's the ultimate you would like to see now obviously you like to see clubs all over the u.s i would imagine could this be worldwide as well 
Yeah, I think it could certainly be worldwide. I don't think the United States is the only sporting country, but we do have, you know, between five and six million former athletes just in this country alone, uh, NCAA or professionals. So there's a huge, huge market for it here in our country, but there are a lot of other places where it can be successful. I think the real vision in the long run is for this to be the greatest leadership network anywhere in the world. Um, I think when you put together both the skill set of the group, but then also what what binds us together. There are a lot of groups I'm a part of that I'm loosely affiliated with, but this is the only one I'm a part of where everyone there is wired like me. You know, we don't necessarily have to share the same job title or sport or university or geography or even the same era as as Christian pointed out, but but having people together who all have the same mindset is really what makes the community strong and and allows people to support one another. So, I think in the end this could be the greatest leadership community anywhere in the world just because of the lessons we learned on the fields together. And, um, and that, that's, I think, an, a, an incredible mission, but it's one that's it's never reachable. Uh, so we just keep chasing after it, and every year it'll get better and better. But, um, but great vision statements take you out 10 or 15 years, and I think that's where we are. I bet Christian Ponder would have liked to have seen name, image, and likeness in play when he was at Florida State, right? Uh, it, it would have been nice to have a little more money in my pocket. I think I got like a $640 check, you know, 350 of that immediately went to rent. And every weekend I was living off basically 300 bucks uh, to, to get by. So it would have been nice. But I will say, you know, it's it's obviously changed the dynamic of of college football and even even high school football are, are really sports in general and I think what's really interesting over the last four or five years it's been a massive shift between the introduction of NIL you know the the, the transfer portal rules and and now the conference realignment stuff where it's just I don't know what's going on you know it just seems like a wild west and I think there's gonna be, and now obviously the expansion of NFL or uh, the NCAA playoffs coming next year and it's just you know there's been a lot of change and. I think the NCAA is still clearly trying to figure out the NIL stuff and how to manage it all. And I, I am interested to see in a few more years, you know, if, if we get a breakdown, especially in college football, you know, some of these programs that have spent a lot of money in the NIL department and, and not necessarily on brands, but just getting players to come to these teams. I want to see the breakdown of like what each school paid per win. And I, you know, what was the ROI and actually those dollars spent. And And I think, there's going to be a lot of eyes open that like, maybe this isn't the most efficient way to spend those money, especially now, like, you know, 10 years ago, all those dollars were going to investing and improving, you know, weight rooms and locker rooms and stadiums and the facilities. And that was a big part of recruiting. And now none of that money is going there. It's all going to players' pockets. And I'm interested to see how that shakes out in the next few years. Yeah, I am too. I probably would have got about 35 bucks for name, <laughs> image, and likeness when I was uh, at Penn State. Somebody might've yeah. paid that a friend. Yeah. I paid them off like in advance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Doug, one of one of my favorite stories that Christian tells, and and I'm sure it's very different now. The the starting quarterback at Florida State probably makes a, you know six or seven figure NIL deal. When Christian was in school, he could have a bagel on game day before the game, but he couldn't have cream cheese because that would violate an NCAA rule on protein. So like yeah. that's how that's what we're talking about. The difference yeah. in ten years. It was ridiculous, right? Like you know, there was on a Saturday, right? Like, and this was this is. Yeah, for practice, like if you could have a snack, but you couldn't have a meal. So like Jason said, a bagel without cream cheese is a snack. 
a bagel with cream cheese is a meal and that's against dentable violation. So, you know, it's just like, I'm glad that we've gotten past some of the illogical, non-common sense things, but you know, it's still, still a lot more to be figured out here uh, as, as we get through this NRL stuff. Jason, I would imagine that those who are in the club, when you put now the post on your resume, that's going to carry a lot of weight too. When somebody's looking for an executive in any type of area, right? Well, that's the goal. I mean, I think if the brand is great and you're a part of that that community and you're giving to it and receiving from it, um, the fact that we do interview candidates and it's not for everyone means that it's another badge, right? Um, and we're all part of different communities and those badges mean something. And and being in this network, I think, means something for our, our hundreds of members right now and our thousands of members in the future. So we're we're excited about uh, holding a high standard for the people who come in and deliver an experience that's premium enough that everyone really wants to to tell folks that they're members. It's really hard to advertise uh, anywhere in the world and only reach your target demographic when you're talking about athletes. Um, you know, less than 3% of high schoolers go on to play a college sport. So most people don't get reached by your advertising who, who could be members. This is a referral-based business. These are athletes referring other people, and they only do that if they have an awesome experience, and so we're excited to be delivering it for them. Fourth and goal for Minnesota. Off the fake. Ponder to the end zone. Touchdown, Kyle Rudolph. Speaking about an awesome experience, how about for you, Christian, whether it be NFL or at Florida State, what moment do you think about most that brings a smile to your face? Uh, well, if you would have stopped there before saying bring a smile to my face, I, it's, it's interesting. I think one of, and Jason asked this question a lot. It's one of my favorite questions that we ask, you know, in member interviews or even as we hire people, do you hate winning more? Or sorry, do you love winning more or hate losing more? And I definitely hate losing more. And so if you would have stopped that question and say that brings you a smile to your face, I would have said, oh, I think about, you know, all these interceptions that I throw that cost us the game. I definitely, it's, it's the mistakes that always keep me up at night. But going back to good memories, which I'm, I'm much happier to think about. I think, you know, beating UF my senior year, which was the first time at Florida State that would beat UF in, I think, eight or nine years. And um, and, and on that same night after we, we beat them, we found out we we're going to the ACC championship game. It was, yeah, that was a tremendous moment. 10.52 to go. Florida State moving right. Dropping back the throw. Ponder has time. Throws a fade route down the near sideline. It is caught. Smith yes. five. Touchdown to Fish oh Touchdown, Florida State. Ponder with a perfect pass. And then as I think back to, to the Vikings, obviously, you know, the draft night being drafted in the first round was, you know, not even something I had dreamed about. I think it was beyond even my own my own vision for myself, which was just an amazing experience. But I think, you know, my second year, you know, beating Green Bay in week 17 against head to head against Aaron Rodgers at home to make in the playoffs and and you know winning that and, and going to the playoffs was really a, a great feat for me and a and a night that I'll I'll always remember. And but you know there's so many countless memories that I think about, whether it's more about the relationships with my teammates that I had and all the times we spent puking in trash cans at six AM together. Like, you know, there's some unique bonds between athletes that um that I'll always cherish forever. One of the best TV sports reporters out there happens to be very close to Christian Ponder, his wife, <laughs> Sam. So what kind of conversations do you guys have at the dinner table? Oh, it's it's wide varying. I mean, whether it's, gosh, we got to make it through another day with three kids. How are we, how are we going to do it? Uh, you know, what, what lessons are we teaching them? Or, um, 
but you know, talk a lot about football. I it's been great for me, especially Doug. You brought up before, just brought up like you know having my own podcast, picking her brain on some things. Now being on the other side of me asking the questions and and not being asked the questions, and um, it's been look, she's been tremendous. And I look, I got to say this, I wouldn't be here without her because she's taken you know on her shoulders after I was done playing. She said, look, I'll I'll be the breadwinner for the family. I'll provide for these next few years as as you get this thing off the ground and. And so she's been you know, tremendously helpful and really bringing this vision to life and pushing me to, to continue to, to want more and, and do better and, and hold me to a high, uh, high level of, you know, and standard as, as a, both a spouse, a, a parent and, and a, you know, now a CEO of a company. So it's been it's been great. When we can't find something specific to criticize in a quarterback like this, sometimes we just call him a system it's quarterback. System. Yeah, That's it's why. the system. Yeah. I've been hearing that all week this week. When you watch him play, what do you see? Did you ever think that she would outlast you in the nfl <laughs> i get that question a lot I, you know on twitter especially hey samantha ponders had a longer nfl career than christian um so thanks for pointing out doug uh, <laughs> but yeah she's uh look she's really great at her job i mean she grew up you know around a coach she played sports her whole life um you know i think her one of her biggest assets is her ability to connect with every member on her team from randy moss to rex ryan to, to teddy brewski i mean I think she makes everyone feel comfortable and, and she's very informed and she works her butt off during the week. You know, what no one sees on the screen is all the work that she's put in during the week, watching all the games, taking notes. You know, she writes the whole show based off of the things that they're going to, you know, the, the, the hit they're going to, they're going to talk about throughout the whole show. And, and so she's, look, she's just, she's really good at her job. So it's been cool to see, see that side of her and, uh, and, and get the behind the scenes look. Jason, as a marketing guru, and, and and tying in what we were talking about about athletes, how, how about when you we talk about Alan Page, what he did with his life after football? Is there somebody that you want to point out that's in the post to give us an example of who you're working with and and just what kind of goods he or she has? Well, look, I mean, we we don't uh, we don't generally you know roll out our rolodex of of members. We we certainly have some members who've been public about it. So you know, I'll share a. You know, a couple of those, um, you know, Allison Felix is a member, you know, maybe the greatest sprinter we've ever had in our country. Um, you know, I don't know how she holds her neck up when she puts all the medals around, but but now is running her own, you know, her own running brand. And so, you know, in, in Sage, and that's been great. And and she and her brother, Wes, who ran track at, at USC, they've, they're both members and they've shared a lot of great insights with our members about what it's like to start a company from scratch and to take on some of the behemoths in the industry, including one that I used to work for. And, um, you know, I think that that's been been really interesting. But, you know, Jacob Truba is a member who's the captain of the New York Rangers. And Jacob's in our clubhouse the other night, not really talking about ice hockey. He was talking about his art installation because, uh, you know, that was just featured in The New York Times. And uh, and Jake has been kind enough to loan some of his awesome pieces to us in our first clubhouse in New York. And and he's thinking a lot about what life after hockey is going to look like because it doesn't go on forever, right? Father time is undefeated, whether he gets you at 25 or 35 or or maybe if you're Tom Brady, 45, I guess. But um, but no matter what, you know, you have a lot a lot to give afterward. And those are the conversations that we have with our members now, whether they're they're unknown people like me who who are really you know, forging ahead in the business world or people like Christian who competed at a really high level and are doing awesome things afterward. Um, it's just great to get this group together and talk about how we can can build great things in, in life whenever there isn't a game on the schedule tomorrow or, or that game on the schedule is probably chasing a six-year-old of our own instead of, of doing it ourselves. And um, that's just as rewarding for sure. A lot of people will blast social media for 
uh, the negative side. But when you think about the opportunities that it has given former athletes, whether it be digital or, or social media platforms like a podcast for you, Christian, you get the sense that now we can have more people giving their thoughts and opinions and and we really uh, enjoy that because I, it's one of the beauties that I love of this show, Christian, is getting to know people like like you and Jason on a more personal level than just, yeah. hey, he was a former quarterback. Hey, he was a former CEO or a marketing manager or whatever. Uh, obviously, there's more opportunity now, right, through the through the whole digital yeah. platform. Yeah, there, there, there definitely is. And I think there's been a lot of athletes who've taken advantage of that of, you know, whether they just, you know, hop on Instagram live and host a and a session or they host their own podcast. A lot of people obviously spending a lot of time building their brand outside of outside of sports and a lot of people putting more of their, their business hat on. I think um, it's been a compliment to a lot of the leagues and coaches where 15 years ago, all of that would have been deemed a distraction and it's going to take away from your ability to, to play well on the field or the court or, or whatever. And I think now, you know, a lot of people are on the other side of that and see the value of, of athletes spending more time focusing on the business side of, of it. And, and for us, I think, you know, even from my own experiences, I think there's no better time for athletes to, to start transitioning out of sport or thinking about what, what they're going to do off the field or court or just outside of sports than, than why they're still doing it. Um, and, and I think that idea, like you brought up, the getting to know these athletes, not just as, as a football player, a basketball player, a hockey player, you know, whatever's under the helmet, but now, you know, outside of sport, you know, there's a lot of really interesting people with a lot of really interesting backgrounds and, and, uh, and a lot of smart people that we can all learn from. I think that's what's great about athletes. I think it's understanding that, number one, there's always an opportunity to get better. But number two, there's always something to learn from, from other people. And, um, and I think we experience that on an everyday basis, whether we're learning from our coach or our teammates on how to get better and um, being able to learn from people who we might not be able to learn from because of our access is definitely a big advantage of, of you know, the social media and podcast era that we're in. We just have a couple of minutes left here on Sports Jam. Jason, you're joining us from from Maryland. If you could go back in time to any sporting event, maybe take your brother, maybe take the family, where would you go and why? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, as a Detroit kid, I'd probably go back and see the 1968 World Series. Uh, the Tigers won the World Series against the, the Cardinals in seven games. Uh, Mickey Lolich not only won three games on the mound, but he also hit a home run, uh, which was uh, pretty rare for an American League pitcher at those times. Uh, so pretty incredible, you know, in the face of Bob Gibson, you know, one of the few greatest pitchers of all time. So I would have loved to see that, but not only because it was a special moment in Detroit and it bonded a lot of people together who are older than me, but it was also at a time when there was a lot of racial tension in Detroit. There had been riots and, um, and really, I think the Tigers were a big part of healing the city, uh, bringing people together. Um, and I, I just, I, I think that that's something that has, has really shaped a lot of people in my parents' generation in particular. And I would have I would love to see that sort of uh, that sort of bond for a city, and I would have loved to be a part of that. Same question for you, Christian. Whether it be with Sam and the kids, or where are you yeah. going and why? Yeah, I think you know I I grew up very much you know watching football. My dad played football at Florida State. You know, my mom went there. We we grew up a football family. I didn't have that much appreciation for basketball growing up. Now now I married in a basketball family. I play a lot of basketball. And, you know, my free time and uh, and and so I. You know, obviously, early in the pandemic, one of the greatest gifts was The Last Dance coming out on Netflix. And and uh, I think every, something everyone rallied around. And and so I, I just wish I could go back and just get go see Michael Jordan live, you know, in his in his prime and 
and seeing the the artistry and mastery that he presented on the court and, and learning just from his leadership style. I mean, I think what was so unique to him is not only did he hold himself accountable, but he found a way to hold everyone else accountable, you know, to a really high standard on his team. And that's what made the Chicago Bulls, you know, one of the most successful franchises during that time ever. And uh, so to, to go witness that in person uh, and actually have an appreciation for it, I think would, um, would have been a great opportunity. As a poor kid from Detroit, I saw that. It was from the nosebleeds. He hung 50 on the Pistons. It wasn't that fun. So, uh... <laughs> From a Pistons perspective. <laughs> well, as we wrap up this edition of Sports Jam, I started as both of you were answering, think, well, if I asked myself this question, what would it have been? I guess it would have been 1972. We just lost recently the man who who supposedly made the catch off the uh, off the field. That would be Franco Harris uh, going for a touchdown because in Pittsburgh, that game was blacked out. So I, as a young kid, I heard it on the radio. And I was a cynic back then. I said, where's the flag? Where's the flag? I was only 10 years old, and I expected a flag to be thrown as I was listening on the radio. Uh, I was also at the uh, Bush-Push game, Notre Dame oh. and USC, in the opposite uh. end zone. So uh, rooting for Notre Dame that day, we thought we had won because you're in the opposite end zone. So you don't see yeah. flags and everything else. And then now that has changed football dramatically and, and could yeah. lead to more rule changes uh, coming up. But it's been a pleasure talking to both Christian Ponder and Jason LaRose about their new venture, The Post. You'll definitely want to check that out as well as Christian's new podcast built by sport. You're not competing with me, are you? When it comes to I'm podcasts? not. Well, look, you probably have I, more. You probably have more I listeners don't. and viewers that I we, get in Doug, to, years. to your benefit. First of all, you're way better at your job than I am when it comes to being a podcast host. But our podcast is only for our members. So right now it's it's an internal podcast where uh, our members get to, you know, hear me talk about random stuff. But it's uh, so I'm not we're not we're not a competition yet. Now, now it could be, you know, we could maybe do a public podcast here in the next year and I'll I'll be. I'll be coming after you, Doug, but right now it's uh, it's a members-only podcast uh, for, for the time being. I think you're already there, Christian. So <laughs> thanks to both of you for you know, getting us up to date on the post. It's really great to hear that things uh, are happening for those who maybe didn't get all the opportunities they needed because they were athletes and maybe even marketing business people coming together and making a difference on the post. Thanks a lot for joining us on Sports Jam. Great to be with you, Doug. Love the show. Of course. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can hear all the past shows by going to WBGO.org slash Sports Jam or WBGO.org slash Studios. You can also find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.